0: Hey, good looking. How are you? Happy December 4th. Happy Monday. It is still 2023. And today I would love to give you what you're asking for, which is you want to hear more about becoming a flight attendant. How is it to be a flight attendant? How long does it take? All the behind the scenes. But I have to give you a disclaimer I am no expert. It's just my story, little old me, humble me, like I'm just telling my part of it. And, of course, I know, I guess, a little bit more because I'm married to a private jet pilot, an instructor. So I also know his side, and I'm friends with a lot of flight attendants. And I started so young, and I started in Europe, you know, for a Dutch airline, and then I was ground stewardess, and I've been denied so many times. Oh my gosh. When I started the dream, as most girls, when they're little girls, you want to travel, you want to explore, you want to see the world. And I was watching TV and, you know, born and raised in Holland, like 20 minutes from Amsterdam. And I was like, I don't want to be just in Holland. I just I don't want to just get married and have children and stay in this town and that's it. I wanted to see different countries and, and, and cultures and diversity and, and learn. I, I was always so eager to learn and I always wanted to read. and you know. But it's funny that I say that because I don't know if you can relate to this. I did not like school at all. I didn't finish my school. Later, I got my master's in Arabic, but I didn't finish. At first, I did not finish. I left, I was playing hooky. So many times, I was sitting in the woods. Um, and then when school was over, I came back home pretending I was at school. And then the principal called my mom and said we never see her. And then I had to transfer schools, and I did the same thing there. It was like, yeah. It wasn't good. And, you know, I was embarrassed of that for a long time. I was embarrassed because when they did an evaluation, they say she's smart. It's not like she's lazy, but she's too playful. Like, I get distracted. I'm sure you feel the same way, like squirrel syndrome. You see something shiny, you're like, ooh, let's try that. So I'm giving you also a little bit background. I'm right now in my den at home, and Dobby, my furry baby, is with me. He's coughing. He does have a cough that will never go away. Um, We give him medicine three times a day, every eight hours. He's 11, and I just got off the phone with the vet, and... I don't know, we're trying everything and anything. We did x-rays, we're trying other medicine. Uh, I can't exercise with him, which really sucks because I love to go to the trail and with the furry baby. It's so much more fun when you go with your furry baby than alone. I'm like, I don't want to go alone, you know what I mean? But I shouldn't be selfish. I just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, We're going to outlive our furry babies and it is what it is and I have to be realistic about that. So to go back to the flight attendant story... I started young applying to all the airlines and <laughs> a lot of them I didn't even get to answer back. And then uh, United, I did some interviews and they said no. And then um, KLM said no, Martinair. um gosh, I can name them all, all of them said no. But you know, in life, when you quit, that's no. If you do not quit, there is no no. No isn't in my vocabulary. If I want something, I want it. And there is no no. It doesn't exist. So I started to get creative. And I was like, okay, fine. I will apply to airlines who are not in Holland, not based in Holland, based other places. And I landed on Gulf Air. Gulf Air, I don't know if you've heard of them. They have the best uniforms, though. They have... Oh my gosh, it's a gorgeous uniform with a little hat and has a veil, little veil. And oh, I wanted to wear that uniform so bad. So I applied to them and they said no. And again, they said no. And again, they said no. And the fourth time, third time or fourth time, finally, they said, yes, you can come for an interview. The interview will be in London. And, you know, (laughs) I don't live in London. I was living in Holland, Amsterdam, you know, close to Amsterdam. The reason I say Amsterdam, because that's the only place people know. And I had to make a trip to London, so I did. I I remember going with a friend of mine. He was a photographer, and I I did do some modeling in Holland. I did some commercials. And I went with him to England, to London. We took the ferry, because you know, from Holland to London, there's the North Sea. That's the only ocean that's separating the two. So we took the ferry, we went with the car, with his car, we took the ferry and then we went to London and then I went for my interview and I remember going for my interview twice. One year I got denied or, you know, they said no and then I went again and then finally they said yes, I I couldn't believe it, finally they said yes. And, oh my gosh, I was so excited. I had to live for that in Bahrain, which is, you know, an Arabic country. And at that time, I already had studied Arabic. I already got my master's in Arabic. I already spoke fairly good English. Because don't forget, English is not my mother tongue. It's Dutch and a little bit German. And so I had to live in Bahrain and that's it, fly out of there for golf Air, And they said, okay, in a couple months, you have to come and this is where you're going to be in this American compound, you know, uh, quarters where all the crew is staying and all the paperwork I got. And it was, I had to wait a few months. And then finally, it took so long. I'm like, why? What's going on? Why is it taking so long? And then I got a letter saying, because of political reasons, um, it wasn't happening. Like I could have, they said, maybe in the future we'll contact you. But for now, it's a no. They're not hiring. They're putting a halt to it because of political reasons. And I don't know. It wasn't during the Gulf War because I do remember the Gulf War. That was another time. Remember the Gulf War that was in um Kuwait, Saddam Hussein, this was afterwards. I don't really know what the political reason was. And what are you going to say? What are you going to ask? So yeah, that was then a no, even though I got hired, which was weird, right? Looking back, if I think about it now, it's so weird, but what can you say? So that's that. Um, then I decided to go to America. So yeah, thank you, Gulf Air. <laughs> so then I applied. Or I didn't apply. I bought the news, bought the newspaper, but that's another story. And I told you in another podcast about it. I'll tell you a little bit real quick. Bought the newspaper, found a nanny position, au pair position, went to America. But to continue my flight attendant journey, because it was a no and I went to America instead, um, I do remember Later, so I went to America and then when I got deported from America, and that's again another podcast and I was illegal, I overstayed, I continued my flight attendant journey and I applied to all the airlines again and then finally I got hired for Ogden Aviation, which was ground stewardess, I worked as a ground stewardess and I did enjoy it, but I really wanted to fly, I really wanted to travel so, you know, when you're working at the airport and you have that travel bug, it only makes it worse. You know what I mean? Um, so then finally, when I was allowed in America again, I went to America. And I remember as for Ogden Aviation, I had to connect the bridge one time. You know, the bridge is that. You connect the walkway, and they were yelling at me because I did it too fast, or there was something wrong. And you can really damage the plane with that. It's it's like you know machinery. It's heavy machinery, even though it was with one button. Uh, but I remember it wasn't easy, and it was fun, but that's not what I wanted. So then I went to America, and then finally, um, when I. Even before Ogden Aviation, I flew for KLM City Hopper for a little bit. And then back in America, so later, later, later in America, when I met John, my husband now on Plenty of Fish, he was a private jet pilot. He is a private jet pilot and instructor. And his father, my father-in-law, is also a pilot. He said, hey, does Anna want to be a flight attendant? I'm like, yeah, I was one in Holland commercial, which is Commercial airline is a bigger airline, a bigger plane. And John and his father is on private jets. And I said, yeah, I would like to do that. So because of John's connections, I got an interview at a very big company back in California. And I remember again doing a test, an interview, and it wasn't really nice. It's actually a typical... American kind of interview it was with two women and then there was a practic- practical interview with four women now when i say this you're listening to this probably you are a woman listening to this you know that when you get a bunch of women together especially when they don't know each other there is mm, i don't know it, it doesn't feel the greatest it it felt really it made me feel very insecure I wasn't confident. It was my first time. It was going to be my first time as a private jet flight attendant. So that means when you're commercial, you're working as a team for a commercial airline. When you're on a private jet, you're working alone. And you have to cook. and You have to clean. And you have to do everything, okay? For some owners, private jet owners, they want more than other people. And sometimes you work on a jet... That is owned by an owner and they rent it out kind of like a a charter. You know what I mean? It's like different people. And that's even harder because now you have different personalities and those people are millionaires, billionaires. So those people will say what they want. They will do what they want. They will not take any baloney from you. You know what I mean? You really have to be on top of your game and. At that time, I wasn't a cook. I wasn't a baker. Now I'm more of that, but I wasn't. And I had no confidence. And people who know me are like, really? You're like an extrovert and you have confidence? No, I'm, I'm, I can be an introvert. I need to be home a lot. I, I People suck the energy out of me. It It takes me a long time to charge my battery. So that interview did not go well. And those girls did not make me feel good. I actually cried after that interview. Yeah. I did cry after that interview. And looking back, that, that scarred me. That really scarred me. And I will never... I, I actually felt they were mean girls. They really were mean girls. They made me feel so uncomfortable. I had to serve them in the plane. You know, they were like practicing to be the passenger. And they knew way more about it than I did. And when you get into this world, especially private flight attendant, private jet aviation, corporate aviation... It's almost like a pageant world. It's almost like stabbing each other in the back. I I remember after that interview, they said, oh, no, Anna is not even close to being ready. She needs schooling. She needs training and, you know, everything. And now I know why they said that, because they were getting a kickback from the company who trained me and that's actually the company John is working for right now which is so funny and so interesting how everything is like you know a circle right and it's a small world and blah 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 blah. so yeah I I went to training and my in-laws paid for that that wasn't cheap at all and afterwards I went back to them and I said, okay, I got the training. And then they were like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll let you know if we need you. I'm like, really? I did the training and now you still leave me hanging. So I remember there was at my training at my, at my school, um, a teacher. And of course I don't say any names. Um, she became my mentor, my coach, my friend. And. I finally got hired by a pretty big company, European company. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. I shared it with her and I even shared the contract to look at and what she did, she turned around and she contacted that company because I did not know that she had applied for that same company and they denied her and they wanted me and I thought, Think or I know for a fact the reason they wanted me because they wanted to train and mold me and they didn't want her because she was a veteran and sometimes you're setting your ways and you're too confident, overly confident. You, you see what I mean? Sometimes they want the young ones who they can mold and train. So I lost that opportunity because they found out that I shared it with her, and I said, "Yeah, because she's my mentor, my teacher, my my confidant." But she obviously stabbed me in the back. So I'll never forget that, and that really left a bad taste in my mouth. And I did learn in this industry, which again is like a pageant industry, and not that I did pageants. I mean, I, I did modeling commercials, you know, stuff like that, little little things, you know, small stuff, but. I get there's money involved because when you work as a private jet flight attendant, you can make a lot of money per day. You know when you do when you do it in, on contract. Contract when you're like a contractor, like independent contractor, um, or when you work for an owner. Of course, you can get it you know, a yearly salary, but I was then contract and the daily rate is very high as a flight attendant, very high. Why? Because you are pretty much the waitress in the air, but you're more than that. You're like the personal assistant. You're the nanny. You're the cleaner. You're, you're, you're the everything. You're the shrink because some, I've, I've flown trips with millionaires that they just want to talk to me. Uh, women. They just want me to listen to them. That's it. I'm like a shrink, but but I'm not talking back. You know what I mean? I'm just listening. You have to listen. You have to be a confidant and, you know, it's very secretive and you can't share anything. And that's why I feel I'm lucky that I can share this with you. And when you are interested in becoming a, a private jet flight attendant... Contact the girls who are doing it, but be aware that not everyone wants to share their secrets because it's kind of like taking money away from them. You know what I mean? But I've learned that the more success you have and the more you share because success leaves clues, but the more you share, the bigger you become. Like the more you help other people, the brighter your light will shine. You you know how there are people in life who put other people down. And I know a lot, I've met a lot of people like that who always talk bad about other people and always put other people down. And they think that it makes them look better, but it actually dims their light. It really, really does and even today my bestie and I were at this place here around town and there was a lady who was working there and I think she was maybe it was her time a month or something she was in horrible mood and we were taking photos you know but we do it when it's not busy and we stay out of people's way but we we were in this area and she said oh you can't be in this area there's a big sign you're not allowed in this area and we're like I didn't say anything. I just said, I love your sweater. She was wearing a Christmas sweater. And it's interesting because there was no sign. There was no sign that said, oh, you can't take a photo here or you can't, you know, be in this little area. It was really weird. But my bestie and I both were like, it was kind of, it hurt our feelings because we didn't do anything wrong. We knew we didn't do anything wrong. And it felt like like your mother reprimanding you, you know. Nobody likes that. And it was just... She took it out on us, whatever mood she was in. So even with the flight attendant world, some girls are not the greatest, but other girls are the sweetest. You, you know what I mean? You have to like weed them out. But it also happens when when you're not confident and when you meet that mean girl, it keeps you back. Like you may, you take a step back or you give up. And that happened to me with the corporate world. Yes, I did some trips. I flew some millionaires, some billionaires. And I still will pick up trips when, you know, someone wants to use me for, I don't know, a few days, two weeks, a weekend, a month, whatever. And yes, I'll say yes. And yes, I still have the connections because my husband is an instructor and a pilot. So I have the connections. And when he flies again, he's going to go back to flying. We'll probably fly together, you know what I mean? He'll be the pilot, I'll be the flight attendant for whoever, you know what I mean? Because he has all the connections. But I will never, ever treat the girl who is behind me, who is, you know, a few steps behind me, I'll never treat her like some women treated me. And I don't know if it's jealousy or envy I just think it's wrong. I just think it's wrong to be mean. It's wrong to stab people in the back. And I don't know if I believe in karma. I just think like it's so much easier to be nice than to be mean. You know what I mean? And especially in the service industry, you have to have a lot of patience. You have to kill them with kindness. And even as a customer, when you're out and about, like today my girlfriend and I, you know, we were out and about and we still have to be polite and we still have to realize that the people in the service industry, sometimes they're not the happiest and sometimes they they keep hearing the same question or sometimes they get annoyed. You know, it, it works both ways. But again, with being a flight attendant, yes, it's fun. It really is fun, but it's not as glamorous as you think it is. Because when you're done flying, you're working, you're not sitting down, you're on your feet in that little kitchen area. And you're, you know, catering to the passenger, whatever they want, it can be I had trips that they only wanted a Diet Coke. Now that's easy. You pop open a can, you put it in a pretty glass, you put it on a pretty platter and you serve it right easy peasy. But sometimes they want like a, I don't know, five course meal, And sometimes it's their birthday and you want to go out of your way and put balloons and and party favors and decorate it all for their birthday. Or sometimes it's a whole family. Sometimes it's children and you want to entertain them and you have to be a nanny. And then when, when the trip is over, you're tired. You just crash on the hotel bed and you lock your door and you want to go to sleep but people in the outside world, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so glamorous, and you lay by the beach and you have cocktails and 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 you know, you're you're traveling, you're exploring the town. Sometimes you don't even have the energy for it. You really don't, you know? So anything you want to know, let me know. I, I want to keep this short and I see my sweet hubby is coming home, so I'm gonna make some yummy food and Dobby is probably going to bark because daddy is home and we're going to run out. So thank you. Love you. And I'll chat with you soon. Bye.